Jammy tell them free weed. I times radio. Free weed. Free weed. Then he dank up on the I times radio. Free weed. Free weed. Danny Danko come to show you how it goes. You're now tuned in to Free Weed from Danny Danko on High Times Radio, presented by High Times Magazine. Boom, bang! All right, welcome to episode number 91 of High Times Presents Free Weed from Danny Danko. 91, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you, as always, to DJ Jacques and Winstrong. Uh, check them out on your uh, SoundClouds and, and iTunes and whatnots. <laughs> yeah, man. I've got a good show today. I'm excited about this. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. We've got some some grow information, as always. And then we got a little comedy. Got a little comedy. You know, Jackie uh, Martling. That's right. He's Jackie. in the uh, July issue of High Times. Yep. And he actually stopped by the studio and he spoke with uh, Dan and I a little bit. So that's, that's coming up. Yes, indeed. Jackie the Joke Man Martling of Howard Stern fame and much, much more. And yeah, and we have T.H. Caesar coming in to talk about strains and uh, what's going on in Colorado, uh, Denver specifically, but really all over because uh, he's involved in a lot of these, uh, you know, seed auctions and, and, and what's really popping off in the seed world, which is really interesting. I mean, there's a lot, uh, a lot we're going to get into as far as genetics goes um, and what's available out there and, and what things are going for and what the, the hot new strains are. <laughs> yeah, Caesar has a really unique perspective because he's really plugged in, as you said, to the, that whole seed scene. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to have him sit down with us. Absolutely. And, you know, we both just got back from the Cannabis Cup in Santa Rosa, the NorCal Cannabis Cup. That's right, with Mr. Phil Lesh, Phil Lesh performing. Phil was which there was, yeah. at a Cannabis Cup. Yeah. Incredible. Amazing. And uh, we're just about to head out to the Cannabis Cup in Clio, Michigan. That's right. And, uh, you know, if you're interested in going to that event, you can uh, hit up CannabisCup.com and find out uh, more information there. We have, I think, Vic Mensa is going to be performing. That's right. We're, yeah. doing, we're doing live free weed tapings there as well, uh, including weed, yeah. one with a four-time Stanley Cup champion, uh, Darren McCarty from the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, NHL legend and uh, also someone who's used cannabis to get off of uh, alcohol and pills. Um, so we're going to talk a lot about that and his career and, uh, you know, uh, cannabis and how it can be an exit drug instead of what they call a gateway. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. And uh, that's that's going to be great. We do have those free weed uh, seminars coming up. So um, check out CannabisCup.com. Interestingly, since you bring that up, I've had a little something on my mind. You know, uh, listeners of this show probably remember that um, we have at times kind of idiotically tried to do a sports on drug uh, segment on this show. Sports on drugs. Sports on drugs. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so uh, with that guest coming up, plus you have the, uh, the Stanley Cup going on. You That's have right. the NBA finals going on. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on in the sports world. And... Uh, it raised a question that I wanted to talk. Maybe we're going to do a little sports on drugs right now. Sports on drugs. What do you think? Sports on drugs. I love it. Let's one do day, it. One day it'll be its own po- podcast. <laughs> it's kind of, we're going to get a, uh, what's it called? A spinoff? A spinoff. Yeah. So here's the question that I have. Um, we're not talking about the best. I'm not asking you to go over somebody's career from start to finish and, and all the attributes and everything and, and tell me who the, who the best is. The question that I have is who is the last person 
that you would want to face or want your team to have to face in a in a championship game or in a in a, in the ultimate competition who would you not want to face in each sport so the reason this comes up is you know people are debating the lebron michael jordan thing right now clearly the right answer is michael jordan but i'm not going to get into that because the <laughs> lebron people are scary and i don't want to get the hate but i'm not asking you who the best is i'm asking you in their prime who's the last person that you would want to face and let me let me start this conversation off by taking it directly to boxing wow. now there's a lot to think about in boxing there's, you know, there's defensive strategy. There's just the, the actual, like, fundamental skills of boxing. But for me, the last person that I would want to enter that ring with when they were in their prime is Mike Tyson. It doesn't mean that he's the best ever. Right. I just, I'm not getting in the ring with him. Yeah, a certain uh, ferocious quality, I would say. Uh, but you also have to consider guys like George Foreman, uh, who one punch from, from, from that guy really uh, could take take any one of us out. Oh, you know? Any of those guys those can big, take either that's of right. us out. We're, that's we're right. small, effeminate men. But I think you know people have this idea of, of, of Foreman as this cuddly, roly-poly <laughs> uh, you know, grill, grill salesman. <laughs> but if you actually go back and look at uh, you know, him in the, in the 70s and the 80s and, and, and those battles with Ali and, and, and all that, I mean, that guy was quite formidable. But yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Tyson comes out and changes your game plan, as he famously said. Um, by punching you in the face. Yeah, and everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And uh, terrifying. And, and, and you know, openly saying that he was trying to push people's nose bones back into their brains. And, <laughs> you know, that there's yeah. a certain intimidating factor. People came into the ring with fear in, in their eyes. You know, you saw that with Shannon Briggs and a few of the other opponents there, where you knew from the moment they walked in there that they were shook and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they did not want the smoke that Tyson was bringing. Nor do I. So he's, <laughs> that's my pick. Are you, are you agreeing yeah, with I that? Yeah, I think I'll agree gonna... with that. Okay. Mike Tyson definitely in his prime. So let's do basketball. Let's just get it out of the way. Yeah, because Jordan. I, okay, we yeah, both. Jordan. Although, you know, as a Knicks fan, Reggie Miller was, was, was uh, you know, obviously pretty formidable. He was with a the... thorn in the side. But, <laughs> I mean, there's no one more intimidating to no. me in the history of basketball. No. If you're looking over... Jordan. To that team on the other side, and you see that guy number right. twenty three in red. That's uh, no, it's over. You're gonna lose that game. Yeah, he's gonna score thirty five. Like that's pretty much guaranteed. And then he may, you know, poop on you for like sixty. Um, which, <laughs> now, you know, so yeah, Jordan for sure. Do we even need to do golf? I mean, it's obviously Tiger in his prime. Well, yeah, I mean, no, you want to discuss this one? Okay, <laughs> I don't know. Go. You know, you got guys like Nicholas and and. Arnold Palmer and those guys were definitely pretty intimidating back in their prime too. But yeah, I guess you got to go with Tiger as far as um, just you know the will to win and 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 being able to hit impossible shots and and you know a lot of those birdie putts that were just really amazing. So yeah, I think I think you got to go with Tiger. All right, we've been in agreement. So Although far I, I'm on a big these. Ricky Ricky Fowler fan. Fowler, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, but he's you know he's not blowing down. It's not doors. Tiger yet. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, football, you know, I'm a Jets fan, so this really pains me to say, but you got to go Brady, right? I mean, Brady. at this point, you know, he's not as invincible as some of those other guys, but he's the last person that I would want to see on the other side of the field. Yeah, he can change the course of the game. He can, you know, really, you know, do a 90-yard drive and make it look pretty simple. And, yeah, he's got the most Super Bowls, right? So I guess you got to go with him. 
I guess he got it. God damn it. Um, <laughs> and now let's go to a sport that you're actually really enthusiastic about. Um, soccer is what we call it, I guess. Yeah. yeah so football. Football is, is, is what name, they call it. Yeah. So where do you go with that one? Leo Messi. There's no, there's no question at this point. And uh, hopefully after this year's World Cup and Argentina winning everything in, in later this month that uh, you know people will finally realize that. But I think most people know... Um, that we are lucky and privileged to be living in a time where we can actually watch uh, Leo Messi play. I mean, you know, he's the greatest ever, and, and here we are. He's, he's, he's still playing. He's only 30, maybe 31 years old. Uh, yeah, and he can take the game into his hands. He can score from anywhere. He can pass. He does not take dives, which I think is amazing in, in a sport that kind of is rampant with that. He, he'd rather stay on his feet. Mm-hmm. So people are constantly like trying to trip him up. He stays up on, on his feet, uh, only falls when, you know, he's actually tripped, uh, for real. And you know, he, he's not a physically intimidating uh, person. No, right? he's, he's a, the he's little magician. Small, he's, right? he's, he's not a big guy. He's five, eight, five, nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, he's just, you know, he, he can hit with that left foot. He can pass, you know, to almost anywhere, uh, he can take a game into his hands, and yeah, he's amazing. So Leo Messi, for sure. All right. You know what? We're running a little late here. So I should mention we're he plays leave... for Barcelona and Argentina to the people who <laughs> who don't follow soccer at all. There you uh, go. Leo Messi, Barcelona, Argentina, uh, originally Argentinian uh, playing in Spain, but playing this uh, June mm-hmm. in the World Cup in Russia for Argentina. All right, there you go. That's all the messy information you could possibly hope to want from a cultivation uh, show. So we'll do a high lie and cricket and uh, maybe a little bit of baseball some other time. We're going to leave it there, though. Actually, you know what? We just started this thing. Um, We have a phone line now. So if you guys want to call in and leave a voicemail, you know, stating your opinion on this uh, particular stance that we're taking here or about anything else. Grow questions? Well, I'd still like to get the grow questions uh, through email, but any kind of statement they Mm want to make, any kind of comment they want to make, we will play those voicemails on this show. Yep. So you can get us, uh, the number is 212-387-0500, and then you just hit extension 706. You don't have to listen to that message, uh, just hit 706, and then uh, you can leave a message for Dan or myself, and we'll play it on this show. So do that. Yeah. Participate. Participate, exactly. (laughs) All right, so that was Sports on Drugs. Um, Sports on Drugs. We're going to take a little break, but when we come back, what do we got? We got T.H. Caesar talking about strains, and we got Jackie the Joke Man Martling uh, with some comedy and talking about his new book. Uh, We got a grow segment, uh, Strain of the Fortnite, and more. All right, welcome back, and we are here with T.H. Caesar. T.H. Caesar, welcome. How are you doing today? (laughs) All right. um, Now you have been uh, contributing to High Times uh, for a little while now. You've uh, co-written a few articles with me, including top ten strains of the year, uh, last couple of years, Um, and uh, living in Colorado and involved in uh, the seed game. Uh, So, um, tell me, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I moved out to Colorado the start of 2013. I kind of uh, moved out uh, right around the time that Colorado Colorado and Washington said that they were going recreational, so I wanted to be the first wave of people to move out to Colorado. I went out there, uh, worked with somebody that didn't work out. I wound up uh, 
seeing myself in a few different positions that really didn't work out. I really didn't know what I was doing out there. So it took me a while to find out exactly what I wanted to do. Um, seeds was further down the line, but I knew I wanted to be out there with weed-related anything. So I started trimming here and there for a few people that uh, I found out that had to grow. From there, I uh, pretty much started uh, trimming around the country at that point because uh, I would find out about different people that had different friends around the country uh, with grows that needed to be trimmed. So I'm living in Colorado, but going to California to trim, which was weird. <laughs> um, I'd say uh, by that time, I was kind of uh, starting to write with you guys already and uh, judging a lot of the cups, so I met a lot of people. And then from there, it just kind of uh, got more in-depth with me, just uh, enjoying the weed more, wanting to see how far down the rabbit hole goes with all these different strains. And I'd say around 2015 is where my, I don't want to say my hate for OG, but <laughs> I really dislike it. And a lot of people, you know, give me shit it's for funny. it. It's one of the things you're well known for out there in the social media world is your your dislike of OG Kush. I mean, there's thousands of things out there for people to try, for them to say that OG is the best thing. I mean, you haven't tried everything. I mean, there's so many things out there that is undiscovered. I mean, yeah, I understand OG Kush is really good, but it's not the best. I mean... So it's more sort of like it's an overrated kind of thing. I'd say it's definitely an overrated thing, for sure. <laughs> now, you're originally also a New Yorker, right, from the city, and does this maybe have something to do with the, uh, you know, sort of New York City bias, um, the sour diesel versus Kush kind of battles, or, or is this more... Uh... <laughs> it could, but uh, at the end of the day, I realized that it does come back to that because uh, it is a regional thing for me. Me being uh, from New York City, Sours and chems and hazes and stuff like that. That's what's dominant up here. So uh, going around the country and seeing all a lot of different strains, a lot of different versions of these strains, I just, I guess, came back to what I liked regionally when I first started consuming cannabis. And sours and chems and hazes was the stuff that was around when I was growing up. So I guess that's kind of what I gravitated back towards. I do like a lot of other stuff, but... My favorites just happen to be the chems and the hazes and stuff like that. Well, what? Uh, so, what are some of the the, the strains now um, that are out there that that uh, that you think pe- people should take a look at or, or might be uh, you know the up and comers? GMO is my favorite one right now. GMO. There's GMO. a lot of people talking about this, and I've smelled the flowers and the concentrates, and this is like almost a repulsive smell it's like really it's disgusting it's, it's, it's disgusting it's like a really like i don't know i remember there was garlic bud back in the day and cat piss and there was these strains that you know you'd smell them at oh man like that's rank but at the same time they just you know they were strong and the, and the flavor you know carried through in the bud and it just was like this rank kind of dankness that uh I don't know, you know, like, so how would, how else would you describe that GMO? To me, GMO uh, comes off, like, I mean, it was originally called Garlic Cookies. It got the nickname GMO from Skunk Master Flex on Instagram. Shout out to him. Um, but when I describe it, I say it's like DMT halitosis, dry socket, mothballs, <laughs> bad breath. Uh, <laughs> it's just wow. nasty. Everything wow. nasty. And then it ends up winning awards and people love it. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what is it about smoking it? I mean, what, 
what's the appeal when, when, when you're describing something in kind of all these negative kind of tones, then what is the actual appeal of it? I don't know, but I think like when you smell something that nasty, you got to smell it again. It's like, whoa, <laughs> like, what is that? Uh, you go back to smell it again. It just has layers to it. It's just like more than just that nasty smell. You got like the nasty, savory, like garlicky chemical kind. Of, it's just it takes a lot of different you know, directions. <laughs> and depending on how you grow it, I mean, some people want to cut it early. Some people want to cut it late. GMO does go pretty late. So that's why a lot of people don't want to run it. But for the people that do take it the, the correct amount of time, it just comes out disgusting nasty it yields <laughs> chunky it tests high it gives you a lot of uh it gives you high returns on hash so it's well, one of those we're also hearing a lot about like the cookies crosses and gelato and um flavors like that what, what's your take on some of those like uh you know cookie and, and gelato and those crosses? Like straight up like cookies like form OGKB, thin mint platinum animal those i enjoy but i kind of got over once i seen like sunset sherbet uh i like the sherbet way more before i even got onto this whole gmo hype my number one favorite was wildlife it's uh i believe it's a cherry pie thin mint cross from jigga in the bay area but uh that was some of the most exotic crazy like terpene like strain that i've ever seen wildlife wildlife wow Okay. You can hashtag uh, the 25th letter. You'll probably see pictures of it on Instagram. Too. <laughs> nice. Nice. And um, one of the things that's really interesting is this whole kind of seed auction world that, uh, I mean, there's seeds that are going for thousands of dollars, right? I mean, what are, uh, I know that there's like aficionados, one of those companies where, where it's limited release and they do drops. And uh, can you talk a little bit about this whole kind of exotic genetic seed world? See, I had a issue where, uh, had flown back from overseas customs kind of messed with me i had some seeds on me they took them away they find me since i was completely like you know not like i know my rights you can't fuck with me anything like that they were like cool with me so they gave me a fine they took my seeds they gave me a thousand dollar fine so i was like all right well all my money that i was going to go out there and pretty much get seeds come back here and you know do what I needed to do with the seeds. I couldn't because they took it. So I spent like 4,000 euro in seeds plus the fine that they slapped on me. It was a big hit for me. So I started an auction. Um, had a couple of seeds that uh, I had wanted to pretty much just throw up on auction so I can pretty much recuperate my losses. And I was going to pretty much tell people like all the money that I'm getting, it's not from my pocket. It's pretty much just to cover the fine and just, you know, recuperate my loss at that point because I'm not profiting anything at this point. So... There was some seeds that went for very high prices. Um, and then I say uh, other people seen that these seeds were going for pretty high prices, so they started their own auction pages. And, like, it just started snowballing into this crazy thing. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to say I was the first one because I was definitely not the first one. I give credit to others that were mm-hmm. out there before me. I mean, Seed Bay was a thing, and there's a couple of other uh, Instagram people out there before me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's seeds that were going for sixty seven hundred. There's packs that are going for like seventeen hundred. There's stuff that's going for twenty five hundred. And these are seeds that are just super rare, like high in demand. The genetics are uh, rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's either a quality or a rarity thing. Sometimes mm-hmm. they might make fifty packs of it and never release it again. So me being a collector, like back in the day, like I used to collect anything that was worth value. So seeds have value in them so now i collect those so it's like a trading card thing to me right what are some of the ones not necessarily monetary value but some of the ones you uh 
you know, are most uh, appreciative that you have access to or that you have now? Uh, I got in contact with someone from Australia. They sent me some uh, seeds called Mullabimbi Madness. Oh, yeah, the, the original Australian <laughs> Mullabimbi, yeah. <laughs> I got some of those. Nice. Um, and I got a couple of other, like, a mixed bag of Mullabimbi Madness and, like, 78 tie and a couple of other old strains, like, heirloom stuff, I'd say. Um, I, there's a couple of other newer strains out there, like anything GMO. I just try and collect because I'm such a GMO fan. Um, hazes, I really do enjoy collecting because I feel like in a few years they're just going to be falling off the face of the earth because no one wants to grow anything like 11 or 12 weeks or 15, 16 weeks and anything like that. And they'll be worth money eventually, hopefully, you know, in time. So I'm just collecting them now. So right now I collect a lot of seeds. I personally don't have a grow at my home. I mean, I do work with Dark Horse Genetics. I'm at the warehouse. I do help, you know, pretty. I go in every now and then. I, there's other things for me to do. Um, I'm not at the warehouse all the time, but I am around cannabis a lot. I do give seeds away for other people to grow. They give me notes on it. I see it. I smoke it. I test it and give out other seeds. I got this thing going on called the Grammys where I just gave out a bunch of seeds to people. They're growing it out, taking pictures. So uh, pretty nice, nice. Now, um, also, let's talk a little bit about concentrates because I know um, you're definitely an aficionado of concentrates as well. What are what are some of your favorite uh, concentrates that are out there, and even just the styles of, of how they're produced? So there's a lot of people that are like, oh, well, if it's not sauce, I don't want to dab it. If it's not hash rods, I don't want to dab it. If it's good, I'll dab it. If it's not, I won't dab it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I am. It could be, and that includes solventless. That includes. Pretty much any any type of it can be shatter, CO two it butter, can be yeah butter right. it can be dry anything as long as it's good as long as it's good I'll enjoy it and what's your favorite uh, concentrate flavors right now Skittles, Skittles. GMO GMO um, again definitely GMO, GMO cookies <laughs> <laughs> um let's see there's a couple of other chems out there that I like um like anything with chem D in it I'd say I would look for uh. Let's see. Chem 4 is pretty chunky. I'd go with that. Um, but that's it. Look out anything for Chem D. Um, that's right. pretty much what I would look out for. All right. Well, other podcasts do uh, top five um, with, the, with the rappers or whatever else. Can you give me your top five dispensaries in Colorado? Wreck mm, or Med? Wreck. Top five Wreck. I don't want to put them in any order, but I will just name five okay. that I do enjoy going Perfect. to. Uh, Verde, shoutouts to Verde. Verde. Uh, let's see, another good rec spot. Kind Love, Ascend, Herbal Cure. Uh, what's another nice rec shop? Natural Remedies. Natty Remedies, okay. Natty Rems. <laughs> right on. Well, uh, thank you for coming on the show, uh, TH Caesar. How can people follow you on Instagram and, and out there in the, in the social world? I'm a T underscore, H underscore, C-A-E, C-Z-A-R underscore. It's a lot of underscores. A lot of <laughs> <laughs> Nice, nice. On Instagram, and you can follow uh, Caesar there for, you know, strains, seeds, uh, dabs, uh, any information on the whole Colorado scene, and, and really the whole worldwide scene, because you go to Spain and Amsterdam and all over the world, right? Yeah, I like to try and see as many different strains as I can. I want to build this, you know 
crazy intense encyclopedia of uh, in my brain of all these different things and flavors and terpene profiles and smells and all that. So Right on. Well, thanks for what you do and uh, helping to preserve the genetics and spread that all around. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Well, it was great to have our cultivation correspondent, T.H. Caesar, here in the studio. And uh, we actually have a second interview for everybody. Who do, who do we have coming up right now? Jackie, the joke man, Martling of Howard Stern fame and of his own fame as well. All right, we are back, and we have a special guest in the studio today that stopped by, a a great friend of High Times, a great friend of the podcast, Mr. Jackie the Joke Man Martling. Welcome. Well, hello. Well, hello. (laughs) Welcome, Jackie. Uh, Jackie has a new book out, so uh, we're here to talk about that as well as uh, a few other things. So, yeah, um, uh, if, in case you guys don't know, some of, some of our younger listeners uh, may not know, but Jackie Martling uh, has been uh, in comedy for many, many years. Uh, you may know him from the Howard Stern show. Uh, he was on for many years uh, on Howard Stern and then uh, moved on and, and has uh, a few different books out. Coming up on my... 40th anniversary as a stand-up comedian, if you can possibly handle that. And, uh, I have my autobiography out, and I have a great joke book that came out in 1998 that's still selling. Joke books always, always sell, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're also known for your prolific uh, knowledge of jokes. I love them. I've got six different CDs on Olio Records that are 80 minutes each, six of them, and it's not a repeated joke. So it's like, you know... Endless hours and hours and hours of filthy jokes. People, you know, people go on Spotify or Pandora and they go nuts. You know, <laughs> so it's great fun. I just, and I really love it. You know, and I talk about it a lot in my book. The name of the book is "The Joke Man Bow to Stern," and it's selling very well. And I, I just, I get so many emails from people. I didn't know that. Hey, I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know what you were doing. But you know, so. Yeah, so you, you actually detail um, sort of the reasons that you moved on from the Howard Stern show. I let it all hang out. Where I yeah. started, how I wound up with Howard, what we did for however long, and then what happened at the end. You know, I wanted to get my version out there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing that happened after you left the, that, the show is you quit drinking, right? I, <clears throat> when I left the show in 2001... I knew I was going to be getting divorced, and I moved into a house by myself because that's just how it worked out. And I lost my job, and I realized I can't spend every day of my life waiting for it to be 5 p.m. to start drinking. And I just, too much free time is the devil's playground. So I said, you know what? How about it's never 5 o'clock? You know, so I quit drinking. And people tell me, oh, you didn't, you know, you're not sober because you still smoke pot. And I'm like, you know what? Go screw yourself. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, there's been times along my life where I've stopped smoking pot for a day, a week, uh, a year, whatever, you know, just because things just come and go and supply and demand and everything. But uh, I wouldn't call myself, I was never a wake and bake guy, but I really enjoy pot and it's not doing anybody any harm. We all know that. Right. And so uh, lately it's come uh, to people's attention that, you know, marijuana or cannabis can be sort of a gateway back out of you know opioid abuse uh hard drug abuse and alcohol abuse um do you think that's a fairly accurate statement 
You know, I have no idea because I could see it working either way. You know, I, I don't know whether it comes down to the person. You know, the, the old thing, like, you know, have a glass of milk that could lead to heroin, you know, eventually. You know what I mean? It's, but if it, if it can say anything that can segue people off of stuff, you know, but if there's the old argument of, well, you're not sober because you're not drinking, but you're still getting stoned. It's like, but substitution is, you know, you know, if you, if you suck on your thumb instead of eating five donuts, you're going to lose weight, you know. So. <laughs> Absolutely. And now um, we're seeing uh, place, you know, Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous courses or, or you know, classes uh, for people who use medical marijuana in states where that's legal. So we're so we're an actual we're a diff, we're a new column. You know, quit drinking but still smoke some pot. Well, I guess if it's medical, but it's the same thing. You know, right? And 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 the idea, you know, there is you're you're basically replacing something that that could kill you, or will eventually kill you, with something that's a lot more benign. Right now, have they tested this uh, pot as being a way back from opioids? It's happening now, and they're starting to do a lot of that. There's a lot of anecdotal evidence. Um, a lot of the veterans that we're seeing who uh, have had issues with uh, with pills, because they can get any pills they want from the VA, right. from their doctors. Um, some of them are drinking themselves to death, and, and, and you know. I can't believe what a mess the opioid thing is. I just can't believe it. You know, yeah. it's so frightening. Right. You know? It's absolutely frightening, and now with, you know, with you know, high powered things like fentanyl that are just killing people left and right. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it's really bad. So I think, you know, it's an interesting concept to use uh, marijuana as a exit drug um, instead of, you know, people always sort of thinking this kind of propaganda idea that, oh, if you smoke pot, you're going to move on. Yeah, you're going to go, right. you know, and rather now they're starting to realize that, you know, especially with CBD uh, infused things that, you know, are, le- are, less to no psychoactivity um, that, you know, people are, are, are finding that it's helping them. I'm nothing if not self-serving, so I say, listen, instead of taking an opioid, roll a joint, smoke it, and read my book. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, and so have, the book is called Bow to Stern. The Joke Man, colon, Bow to Stern. The Joke Man, Bow to Stern, and people can pick that up on Amazon it, and yeah, any, anywhere they get books. Yeah, Barnes & Noble and Amazon and everything, but the, the page, JackieTheJokeMan.com, if you type in that URL, JackieTheJokeMan.com, the Amazon page pops up and you get a hardcover or Kindle or Audible audiobook, and Artie Lang did the foreword, and he also read the foreword for the audio version. And people, people are loving the audio version because I'm, I'm back in the radio, on, the, on the radio again. You know, it's great fun. <laughs> That's great. And uh, you also you put out a tweet every day at 4.20, 4.20 p.m. every day. I'm up to, like, I guess, uh, 43 or 44,000. I keep jumping. Every time I do a couple podcasts, my, my followers go up. But, I, yeah, I tweet a joke or two or three or four. And they're pretty foul and pretty crazy. And that's right. how I promote my gigs. Not you necessarily know. politically correct jokes. No, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes quite the opposite. <laughs> but it's fun. And people love them. You know, right. they, all of a sudden there's a joke every day. Right. Would, you know. And, uh, you know, on the other hand, you also do uh, stuff for kids. You've got a kid's joke book and CDs and, and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, it's so funny because I sell my books at my shows. And I sell a decent amount of my books, but I sell so many of those kids' CDs because I tell people, if you come to see my show and you come home with a present for your kids, you're a hero. <laughs> you know, and you got poop jokes or you got knock-knock jokes. I got a clean one and a not-so-clean one. 
and the kids go berserk, you know. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And, so, it's, and it's farts. I mean, people tell me they bought, bought the CD for their kids, and on the way home, they almost drove off the road laughing at the poop jokes. Because they're always funny, you know. That's great. So, um, so how can people keep in touch with, uh, with you through social media and all that? Well, uh, jokeland.com is my website, and there's always, you know, all my gigs are on there. And I, like I said, I tweet, but I not only tweet jokes, I tweet what gigs are coming up. And I have an email list. If you email me, jokeland at aol.com, just like it sounds, J-O-K-E-L-A-N-D at aol.com, you get on the joke land mailing list, and you get dirty jokes in your email, and a list of all my gigs and what I'm doing. You know, I did a couple of TV things. You know, I did a pilot called Ebenezer that's about uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, and I did a short called Saint Joseph where I played uh, a, a, cl- a clown with a squirting flower. I mean, I do some wacky <laughs> stuff, and it's just so much fun. But and also my Twitter is at Jackie Martling. We didn't say the address. It's at Jackie Martling. All right. Well, thank you, Jackie, uh, for stopping by. Check out his book, uh, The Joke Man, Bow to Stern, and follow him on social media if you can handle the uh, the jokes. <laughs> and uh, thank yeah, you very much for stopping by. Yeah, thank you, Dan. I always love it. All right, you guys, now is the time where we shout out our sponsor, BC Northern Lights. You can become your own producer, self-sufficiently creating your own cannabis with a grow box from BC Northern Lights. Um, This is a company that's been around. They understand uh, what it takes to grow cannabis in a grow box. Everything is touchscreen. Everything is uh, very simple, very easy to run. And they have great tech support and support in general. You can call them. Uh, you know, on their 800 number and get help from them anytime. There's all different kinds of grow boxes to choose from, so check them out, please, at bcnorthernlights.com, and you can call them seven days a week at 888-236-1266. There are are special deals if you mention uh, free weed from Danny Danko. In fact, there's a promo code danko-can. Danko-can will get you free nutrients for six months uh, with the purchase of a grow box. Uh, so they have everything you need really to get started. And, uh, you know, the return on investment on these machines is pretty quick uh, if you know what you're doing. So you can build your own, you know, closet space. You can, you know, try to put th- something together like that. Um, or you can just purchase one of these. Uh, it's a little more expensive, but well worth it. And uh, it's delivered to you within two weeks. You are growing. Check them out, bcnorthernlights.com. All right, that was great, yeah. Jackie. Jackie, the joke man. <laughs> yeah, making with the hahas. Making with the hahas, and uh, we are back into our cultivation segment. Before we proceed, I just want to point out one really quick thing, and that is, we know that the sports that we talked about didn't involve drugs. The point of sports on drugs is that we're on drugs, and we're talking <laughs> about sports. Right? That's right. Yeah, it's the 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 stoner's perspective on sports, basically. Um, so that's really what it is. It doesn't necessarily have to be drug stuff, but, uh, you know, it's by the stoners for stoners. Yeah. But they, about they sports. They do the sports and we take care of the drug aspect. That's right. All right. Just wanted to clear that up before moving on. Uh, it's been two weeks, otherwise known as a fortnight. So do we have a strain to profile? We do. 
We do. And the strain this week is an oldie but a goodie. And we're going to call that Hindu Kush. Um, a lot of people, you know, know the words Kush from the OG Kush. And we talked to, uh, to Caesar about that. But Hindu Kush, is a <laughs> Hindu Kush is an entirely different strain. This is actually from the Kush region, uh, you know, of India, Nepal, and Pakistan, that, that sort of disputed area there. And so that's where the genetics originally come from. And these are indica strains that were used uh, to make hash. Um, so, you know, they were chosen over years and years to be short and stocky and resinous and, and hashy. <laughs> Basically, these are hash plants. You know, Hindu Kush is, is you know, old school clone only indica, you know, land race. It's original when you get the real deal. Obviously other people are going to call it something else. So the flowering time is fairly short. It's uh, eight to nine weeks or so. Um, very high in THC, uh, not a lot of CBD, uh, and a very interesting terpene profile. Uh, I love these sort of Indian subcontinent and north of that um, strains that were chosen for hash. They make great breeding strains because they're very stable. They usually don't have any sort of hermy tendencies to them. They're very, uh, you know, they've been chosen for so many, I mean, literally thousands of years. Um, So, you know, they're very uniform. They're they're short, stocky. It kind of depends on whether, you you know, you got the high altitude kush or the low altitude, sort of the valley or the mountain stuff. But really uh, amazing strains, and really that's the only really variance there is uh, a little bit longer of a flowering time for the, the stuff that's in the valley and a shorter one for the, for the higher altitude. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Hindu Kush, there's seeds out there that are available um, from different seed banks that are called Hindu Kush, but um, very rarely are you finding the real original. Um, although I think Sensi Seeds uh, has a really good representation of Hindu Kush, so that is the strain of the Fortnite. All right, awesome. I'm glad that we're actually sticking to the Fortnite schedule for these strain profiles. I'm kind of proud of us. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, this week, you know, instead of doing a um, sort of a lesson on cultivation, we thought we'd do a little game, play a little puff or pass. You know, uh, listeners of the show probably remember we used to do this every so often. And so I'm going to give Danny a statement, and the, the topic is sort of drying and curing and harvesting, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So I'll give you a statement, and you're going to say puff if you agree with it, or pass if you disagree with it. Perfect. And then maybe tell us why. Sounds good. All right, let's get it started. The first one, puff or pass. The ideal time to harvest is when all the trichomes are cloudy. I will puff that. That is correct. Uh, you really, like I always tell people, you need a magnification to see this. You need to get in there. Uh, the naked eye is not quite good enough, although you'll get, uh, you know, you'll get it later over time. But originally and, and early on, you really need to get in there with a loop or a magnifying glass and look at the actual gland trichome head. Um, and inside that head, it's clear, and then it goes cloudy, and then it goes amber. And when the majority of heads are cloudy, that's the time to harvest. And you should know also that it's kind of like taking a steak off the grill. Um, those glands will continue to mature even after you harvest as the plant is drying. So they will go more amber as well. So if you wait until most of them are amber and then harvest, they will almost all be amber um, by the time they're done. And if you take them when they're clear and just starting to go cloudy, they'll be mostly cloudy but uh, still a little clear when you're done. So... Yes, I will puff on that, and uh, it'll certainly be at its most ripe during that window when they're the, when they're mostly cloudy. I got to tell you, my head's a little cloudy right now, but uh, <laughs> here we go. We're gonna puff on that. 
next up, puff or pass, the best temperature to dry your buds is between 70 and 80 degrees. Uh, I'm going to pass. I think 80 is a little too high. Uh, I'm really uh, fond of drying in cooler temperatures and curing in cooler temperatures, uh, to be honest. I would say 65 uh, to 74 at the highest and really not really wanting to go much higher than 70 um, during the drying and curing process because uh, there are terpenes that are very volatile, um, many of them actually, and they will uh, you know, dissipate into the air at temperatures as low as you know 75 or 80, uh, some of them. So, and that's why you can smell it. You know, that's why you can smell a grow room is because the, those those are, if you know, evaporating terpenes that you're smelling every time you rub a bud. Um, you're smelling the terpenes escaping. So, uh, if it's too warm, anything you know, 75, 80, 85, that is way too hot, and you're going to be losing a lot of the flavor and temperature. People ask me why does my pot smell like you know taste like hay or smell like hay. It's, it may have been dried at way too warm of a temperature. Um, uh, incidentally, the humidity level should be around 50%. Um, so, you know, in some places you may need to add a humidifier. In some pe- places you may need a dehumidifier. But you really want to keep it, you know, 45 to 50% or so um, during that process. All right. So that is a pass. Let's move on. Puff or pass. It's best to dry your crop by lying it down on racks. I will pass on that because I believe uh, hanging and air drying is best. Uh, you know, anytime you lay something flat, it flattens out one side of that flower, uh, creates a place for, for molds to form, uh, makes it more sort of dense on that one side, and just, you know, takes away from the bag appeal, takes away from the, the, the pleasurable aspects. So I say, you know, hang dry plants whole if you can. Uh, branches, if they're really big plants, take the branches off and hang those individually. Uh, but you really want to hang dry. It really gives room for that moisture to get out of the, the, the flowers um, on all sides and not just above a rack. All right. Sounds good to me. And uh, puff or pass, moving on here. You uh, can save some money, and it's perfectly acceptable to cure your buds in paper or plastic bags. Do you puff or pass? <laughs> I, that's a hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hard pass right there. Uh, glass jars are the only really acceptable. I mean, look, if you're harvesting hundreds and hundreds of pounds, you're probably, A, you're probably not listening to the show, <laughs> but B, um, you're probably using large you know, Tupperware-style uh, containers and big, you know, those big storage kind of containers uh, just because, I mean, jars are a little bit, you know, ridiculous when you're dealing with hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Uh, that said, if this is your head stash and you spend all this time growing it, um, you certainly don't want to put it in paper bags or plastic baggies of any kind, or even Tupperware of any kind. If it's enough to fit into some jars um, without being too unwieldy, that's the way to cure. Um, and that'll really sweat the moisture out properly and slowly um, so that you'll get a good cure and you won't have a grassy, chlorophylly green taste. Uh, to to your buds and you know brown paper bags have no place in you know the cannabis garden in any way really and and you know plastic baggies as well I, I really I'm not a big fan uh, of you know even the heavy duty storage bags aren't as good as just good old sealable plastic uh, sealable glass jars makes sense to me all right so let's move on we got two more puff or pass always store your buds in the freezer. Another hard pass for that one. <laughs> pass. Uh, store buds in a cool, 
dry place uh, uh, and a cool dark place, uh, a, you know, a cupboard or any kind of um, closet space is usually pretty good. Anything that's, you know, 65 to 72, you know, just below room temperature um, without, you know, obviously any light hitting it uh, because light degrades THC and without heat um, hitting it because heat degrades THC. So uh, glass sealed jars, cool, dark place. Um, there's just too much uh, moisture and flux- temperature fluctuation and, and freezer burn and all kinds of bad things that happen inside uh, freezers and fridges. Makes sense to me. All right. So our last one, uh, puff or pass, the drying process should take at least seven days. Puff. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, anything shorter than that, and it's just going to have like that, that chlorophyll green grassy, you know, taste to it. It's going to smoke harsh. It's not going to be everything that it can be. And the potential that, you know, is the potential of the genetics that you originally grew out. So if you're spending money on seeds and you're, or you're, you're buying clones, you want them to reach their full potential. Um, you don't want to mess that, that up by quick drying. So you want to dry, uh, you know, seven days or so. If it can go 10 days, even better. Um, just until the outside of the buds are, are, are popcorn dry until the actual, uh, stems and branches, uh, break instead of bending and then you're ready uh, and then that's when you should do the trimming too I, I definitely believe in a dry trim rather than a wet trim so then you do the trimming and uh, cut those individual uh, buds off and put them into jars for curing but yes seven days at least <clears throat> All on, right. the dr- uh, for, on drying very good so that was puff or pass and uh, it was fun to bring that one back it's been a few years yeah. so i'm glad we got to do that now we're going to move on to uh, my favorite part of the show where danny answers listeners grow questions although before we do i'm going to have to scold everyone out there a little bit we're not getting the volume of grow questions that i was anticipating it's please true. we're weekly now yes yeah, send us your grow questions i'm sure that you have had enough of dan blathering on and on about growing <laughs> weed but there has to be a few of you that still have a couple questions so if you would like to send a question for Dan to answer on this show, you could reach us, uh, freeweed at hightimes.com. You could also get Dan on Twitter. He is at Danny Danko. And use that hashtag, freeweed. Get us your questions, and uh, they'll be answered on the show. I guarantee it, for the most part. Okay, so uh, let's jump right in. We only have a couple. So the first question from Vasco de, de Ganja. Vasco de Ganja. How can I tell what the sex of my plant will be before the flowering stage has begun? Okay. Um, well, the plant has to be a certain age. So you can tell in the vegetative stage from pre-flowers, but the pre-flowers won't show up until uh, the plant is, you know, at least uh, three weeks to a month old. And some plants, it'll take longer to show up uh, three to four um, different sets of leaves. Um, and then, you know, after the plant is, let's say, about a month old or so, uh, most strains will start to give you uh, some indication of the pre-flowers. And that'll happen where the leaf meets the stem, uh, which is basically the node there, um, between the leaf and the stem, uh, the original little pre-flower will start poking out. Now, if it looks like a spear uh, sticking out, that uh, uh, it'll it, it's a male pre-flower. If it looks uh, like a sort of a teardrop-shaped, uh, you know, bract with a white hair sticking out, that's a female pre-flower. So uh, you have a bit of a window there before anything opens up, before the males uh, open their pollen sacs and all of that. They have to form first and then uh, mature and open. So there's a, 
there's a window of time where you can figure out what they are. Um, but the sooner you figure out, the better, because you get rid of the males and you got more room for your females. Um, so, you know, look at those uh, and, and use a, a magnifying device. Use a loop or a some kind of magnifying device to really get in close and take a look. And over time, you'll really be able to figure out very quickly uh, which ones are males and which ones are females and obviously get rid of the males uh, and make room for your for your ladies. All right, so thank you, Vasco da Ganja. Let's move on to Mikey B., who writes... Uh, this is actually a question I think a lot of beginner growers um, have a little trouble with. So, when do you start counting flowering time? Does it start when you change the hours of light or when the plant starts showing flowers? Uh, it starts when you change the the hours of light. When you switch to 12-12 uh, from your vegetative light cycle to your flowering cycle... Uh, 12 hours on, 12 hours off, that's when you start the countdown. But you really don't want to rely on just those numbers because uh, you really want to look at those trichomes. Different things can stress the plan out. You can lose a week here or there. Uh, and so those are those you know uh, guidelines from the breeders are just guidelines. Um, so really you want to actually check for ripeness um, with the glandular trichomes. But generally, you know, if it's a 60-day strain, you start that 60-day countdown uh, on the day that you switch the flowering cycle. Sounds good to me. All right, we got time for one more question. This is from Buggin' Out in Butte. A friend of mine told me that having a praying mantis in the grow room can help kill harmful bugs. Is this true? Uh, it is true. It is true, and it works uh, indoors and outdoors. And, um, you know, one, one mantis can kill a lot of bugs, but obviously not, you know, a whole infestation. But you can order praying mantis eggs from, you know, the Internet. Um, they arrive dormant, uh, ready to hatch, and you put them in your grow room, and they hatch. And at first, they're tiny, tiny little things. And as they, you know, grow, they and as they eat more bugs, they grow and get bigger and bigger. And it's kind of cool to see, you know, how they grab the bugs and eat them. And, and uh, they sort of patrol your plants. They, they, they hang out at the top of your plants and... And basically, like, if they're even flying bugs, they kill. So, um, yeah, mantises are, are great in the garden. Um, typically, you know, great for, for greenhouses and outdoors, more so than most uh, indoor connoisseur gardens. But you can use them pretty much anywhere as pest control. Um, it's great to have predatory insects as an alternative to chemical pesticides. All right. We hope that helps you out, bugging out in Butte. Um, if you have a question that you'd like to have read and answered on this show... Um, email us, freeweed at hightimes.com. Get us on Twitter at Danny Danko, hashtag freeweed, and, uh, and that'll do that. So we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back and put a bow on it. Let's do it. All right, so welcome back, and we are now about to wrap it up with Raw. Indeed we are. Good That's show. It. Yeah, absolutely great. Number and number 91, thank you to Jacques and Winstrong. Thank you to TH Caesar. Thank you to Jackie the Joke Man. And thank you to you guys, the listeners, for uh, sticking with us and hopefully... Putting up with us. <laughs> yeah, and here we are on a weekly basis. So please listen. Um, rate us on iTunes. Rate mm, us. Yeah. Comment. You know, like uh, follow, um, retweet. Uh, All that. Share. Do it. You know, like. Also, you know, if you want to, if you want to comment on the show or just say anything to either of us, uh, we have that phone line, so you should do it. Once again, uh, that number is two one two three eight seven zero five hundred, and then extension seven zero six. Leave us a voicemail. We'll yeah. check it out. Maybe we'll play it on the show. That's right. So here we have it, episode number ninety one. Put it in the books. That's wrapped up. <laughs>